talk today about problems. We're going to talk about problems. Everybody has them, right? They all stink, but we all have them. They're going to keep happening to us. And they come in all kinds of different shapes and sizes. What I've found when it comes to problems a lot of times is usually, not always, we tend to think they're worse than what they really are, actually. And many times, if you ask people if they had to trade their problems with someone else that has even worse problems, then usually they would want theirs back, right? I mean, that's just the way it goes. We always kind of tend to have a narrow focus when it comes to the problems and the issues that are happening in our lives. But whenever we really get a chance to see what other people around the world are dealing with in respect to our issues. Many times we're glad to have our problems and not someone else's. Isn't that true? Amen. Amen to that. I was doing some research on just like problem solving and different kinds of problems because you know it's a big thing in the work environment. In fact, problem solving skills are one of the most attractive, desirable skills in a new employee. The ability to figure things out to, when they run into a problem, to be able to come up with solutions and figure out a way through that. In fact, many times it's more desirable than pure skill or talent or giftedness because in the end, perseverance is really what wins out. The ability to not get roadblocked, to not get stifled, to be dead-ended whenever you run into a problem because we're always going to continue to encounter them. The ability for a person to figure them out, to, to, to figure out solutions, to press forward and overcome their problems is a very desirable trait in the business world, in the workplace, and no different in your personal life when it comes to the things that you're dealing with. There are well-defined problems and poorly defined problems. How many people know that's true, right? Some things you can see exactly what's going on. You know what they are. You know how to figure it out or what to deal with. Other problems, they're very, very vague. It's hard to kind of get to the bottom of it. You, there's things behind the scenes that are going on. You have to kind of dig and peel back layers. You have to really pray your way through that. So there's poorly defined, well-defined. There's routine and non-routine problems. Small, medium, large problems, we'll say. Small problem. We all had plenty of them this morning, I imagine. I had a couple of them myself. You ever try eating a grapefruit with a spoon when it's not cut through the little lines and stuff? That's difficult. I mean, that was a small problem. I overcame it this morning. I'm very happy. All right. Actually, those spoons that have the little teeth on the tips, that really is the key. Because Katie, she, she likes to cut the thing in half and put it in the bowl for me, but she does not like doing all the extra cutting and stuff. So anyway, small problem. Large problem, getting hit by lightning. That's a pretty big deal. I'd say... Yeah, you get hit by lightning, that might be a game changer. You talk to somebody there, you say, okay, that's a pretty large problem. I, me and uh, I took my oldest daughter, Bella, we went out for a date night this week, and we went to Dairy Queen, and uh, she says, yeah, she said, I want the medium hot fudge sundae, not the small, Dad, which, you know, they're always usually getting the small. All right, 30 cents more, whatever, we get the medium. So we bring it out, and uh, she sees it, and she's like, that's the medium sundae? It was big. I'm like, yeah. She's like, I'm glad I got that. <laughs> and, so, and, you know, and she managed to eat pretty, I helped her a little bit, but she managed to eat pretty much the whole thing, but she was really, really full. And she's been able to eat the small sundas no problem before. If we had a large sunda, she probably wouldn't have been able to finish it off. But the medium one, kind of a step up from where she was, she was able to stretch herself and really get that thing down, you know. 
And that's how it is a lot of times when we attack our problems is there's things that are we've kind of dealt with before that we're used to that we can work our way through. But there's other problems that are a little bit bigger for us that maybe we haven't encountered before, kind of like new territory, new chartered areas, you know. And maybe the things that we've done, the experiences that we have, it's, it's really going to cause us to stretch and kind of pull new things out of ourselves to really figure our way through it, to really be able to tap into some things and some strengths, some gifts, or just wisdom that wasn't there before, that we'll be able to move through that type of thing. And what I want to talk about today is really those giant kinds of problems, because we all run into them at different points in our lives, and they can be in a whole different uh, set of areas in our lives. For example, family. Okay, we can have major problems in our families. There's marriages, no doubt. I'm not saying in this room, but it, probably people that we are related to or know closely. Marriages that are being threatened right now uh, with divorce. That that's a major challenge. That's a giant problem. Maybe in our family we have a close relative that's you know into drugs. It's uh, just lost and, and it really going down this place of addiction and battling with that. And it's just it's just breaking our heart. It's it's destroying them. That's a giant problem. Maybe maybe in our finances, right? Some people uh, maybe they've lost their job or maybe they had to take a huge pay cut, or maybe they're just doing something that they absolutely hate, that they don't like, and they just, they want to be doing something that's fulfilling, that's enjoying. These are some giant kinds of problems that people can face in their lives, maybe with our health. Maybe there's people that are battling and dealing with an issue that is, is marginalizing them physically, where they're not able to do the things that they know that they're supposed to be doing, and because this thing is there, it's hindering their ability to live the way that they feel they should be living. These are giant kinds of problems that come into people's lives that we have to be able to have a solution for. Because the thing is, is these types of things, giant problems, they can paralyze people. They can literally become like a roadblock in someone's life that they're never able to get beyond. And they'll live on the other side of that giant problem, sometimes for weeks, months, maybe even years, without ever bringing that thing down. And we're going to talk today a lot about killing giant problems, bringing them down. But let me just say right off the bat that you, as a child of God, are meant to be a giant killer. You are created to take down every problem and every challenge that presents itself to you in your life that hinders you or keeps you from really fulfilling and walking out your destiny. And make no mistake about it, it's going to happen. It's probably already happened, but it's going to happen if it hasn't already. You're going to come into contact with some giant problems that are really going to cause you to dig in and really start to pray and find God and really tap into the strength that God has given you to be able to walk in victory over anything that comes your way. I'm going to start by just talking about a story uh, in Numbers chapter 13 and a little bit into chapter 14, first of all. And this is the one where the, Moses is leading Israel. They're in the wilderness. They know that they have a destiny, and that destiny for them is the promised land that flows with milk and honey that they've been promised since, the, since Abraham. So they know they have this destiny. They're on their way. They've already came out of slavery in Egypt. They've crossed the Red Sea. They've went through many, many battles out in the wilderness. And so now they come to this place where they see the land of Canaan, which is the promised land. And so Moses, like a smart leader, 
he chooses 12 of his best you know, soldiers to send to go and spy out the land to get a report, little recon, right? Little recon kind of work here and see exactly what's going on. Let's make sure this is the right place. Let's see what we're kind of in for. And then let's, let's regroup when you get back and we'll figure out a way we're going to go take this promised land because it's ours. It's our destiny. And, you know, what happens when Moses sends these 12 spies out and they come back, I don't think is probably what he had expected, certainly not what he had hoped for. The Bible tells us that out of 12 of them, 10 of them came back and brought a bad report. Now, this is what's interesting is that when they got into Canaan and they spied out the land, they saw the milk and the honey. I mean, they, they made a, an identification. Yes, this is. This is the promised land. This is it. This is what the prophecy, this is what the promise, the covenant talked about. But you know what else was in that land were giants. They were descendants of Anak, which is the lineage that Goliath actually ended up coming out of. They were physically large men. And so even though there was all of this definite confirmation that this was the promised land, that there was milk and honey, that there were great things ahead, 10 out of the 12 spies came back and said, yeah, but it's impossible for us to take it. It's it. <laughs> it's definitely what we've been promised, but we just can't have it because there's giants in the land. And there's no way we're going to be able to overtake them. Now, Caleb and Joshua, they actually had a little different report. Caleb got all, he got kind of riled up, right? He says, no, 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 no. They're, we are more than able to overtake them, he says. They're giants, yes. They're big men of great stature, but our God, he's bigger. This is our destiny. So however it is that we have to do this, God will prevail. God will show us victory in this battle. And and that's only two out of the 12. Now, unfortunately, what happened is that there were too many naysayers. 10 out of 12, that was a pretty, you know, heavy influence. And then the people, they, they found out that Caleb was trying to get Moses to go into the promised land anyway. And they're like, man, we should have just stayed in Egypt. You know, we should have like died in the wilderness. It would have been better for us. It's like, look, giant problems cause you to think just stupid stuff, don't they? You're better if you would have died in the wilderness. You should have stayed in Egypt. Do you remember how bad it was? And now here you are on the verge of stepping forward into a great level of increase in your destiny. Probably not the last one, but a huge step forward in your destiny. And all you can do is focus on the problem, the giant problem. And, the, you know, you've always heard what you focus on what? grows, right? What you focus on grows. And so even though there's all these great things to focus on, destiny, promise, milk and honey, it lines up with what God said to Abraham. Yeah, this is it. All they can do is focus on the giants, the problem, the stumbling block. And that's what I found is when it comes to problems, especially giant ones, the more you focus on them and the more you give esteem them, it's like the bigger they start to get and the harder it is to see yourself overcoming it. We can't give all of that focus and attention to just the problem. We need to look at the solution. We need to figure out what God has said about purpose and about destiny in our lives. So anyway, they don't go in to the promised land at this particular point in time. Huge, huge turning point because then Israel, you know, the nation, they start to make all these twists and turns in the wilderness after that. And this seems to kind of be just a side point 
this can't do mentality like mediocrity just settle for less just don't you know uh don't what do you call it rock the boat you know it just seems to pervade our culture it just seems to be kind of like the the mediocre mentality and let me just say this if you're gonna kill giants if you're gonna bring giant problems down in your life you're not going to be able to assess situations like the the culture does like mediocrity and like norm. You're going to have to dig in and you're going to have to really pray and you're going to have to let God lead you. And anytime he does, when it comes to giant problems and giant issues, it's not, you're not going to be thinking and attacking things and dealing with things like the rest of society would like for you to do. You're just going to have to do, you're going to have to understand that and get used to that, right? Giant killers don't think or act like mediocrity. Now I'm going to move into another story here. And who's the greatest giant killer that ever lived? David, right? Greatest giant killer that ever lived. No question about it. And there's so many, to me at least, there's so many great lessons and great just pieces of truth that we can take from this story as it pertains to bringing down giants in our life. Because I believe that, that Goliath really, in a lot of ways, just kind of represents all the giant problems that you and I are ever going to deal with in our lives. It represents giant problems and stumbling blocks that any child of God will run into as they chase down their destiny. So we start out in 1 Samuel chapter 16, actually. And this story begins with Samuel, the prophet. Remember this, right? He comes to the village where Jesse, David's father, is at. And he's going because God told him it's time to anoint a new king. Saul is not going to continue to be king anymore. And so Samuel goes and there's like, you know, 12 brothers or whatever. And he, what is he looking for? He's looking for the guy, the one that seems to represent the greatest physical presence. You know, somebody that looks kind of like me. And, <laughs> not true. He's looking for strength that it appears on the outside. But really what God says to him is so powerful. He says, you look at the man on the outside, but the Lord looks at what? The heart. The Lord looks at the heart. And David is the smallest, scrawniest, ruddiest one of the bunch. And God says, that's the one. That's my king. See, giant killers, they have big hearts, man. Big hearts. They're passionate about things that are virtuous and loyal and noble in the eyes of the Lord. They're willing to go to battle and fight for those things. They're willing to stand up for conviction and not compromise their values, no matter how hard or difficult that battle might seem. And God knew right away, he said, I've looked at his heart. He is the one. And Samuel, if he had to pick, he would have picked the wrong guy, right? Can we all agree? He probably would have chosen the wrong son to be king if it was up to him. But God looks at the heart. Giant killers have huge hearts, not physical presence, even though you could have both, like me, like I said, right? So then, you know, the other thing that happens, so, so David, the, you fast forward a little bit now, he's been anointed king, and he's kind of like, okay, what do I do with this or whatever? Well, now you fast forward and Israel is basically at an impasse. The Philistine army has come up and surrounded uh, Israel 
and basically keeping them from moving forward into area and territory that is theirs, promised to them. And they have a giant named Goliath who is coming and threatening all of the soldiers of Israel that he would fight them in battle. And if they won, then they would be able to make Israel their slaves. And everybody's scared to death. They're trembling. They're scared. They just, they're looking at this guy and all they want to do is run and hide. And so David, he gets sent down by his father to bring food and supplies one day to his brothers and to the soldiers. Talk about a divine moment, a divine day, right? I mean, I wonder what, he probably wasn't even realizing. He's walking along that trail, heading down to that battle, and he had no idea how his life was going to change that day. But David gets there, and uh, he, David doesn't see a giant problem. This is very unique, right? Everybody else sees a giant problem. David sees an opportunity, and that's one of the things about moving through problems that we have to be able to do is we have to look beyond the problem itself and recognize that in it lies a unique opportunity that would not be afforded to us if it weren't packaged with the problem. See, David sees an opportunity to bring God glory, to bring God's name on high, to make him famous, to show all of Israel that this giant may be bigger than every man in this field, in this camp, but he is not bigger than God. He recognizes if we can bring this giant down, we can, because he sees that these guys are defeated. They're just, they're scared. He's probably thinking, this isn't the army of God. You know, who are these, what are these soldiers doing? And he recognizes that they can build morale and build hope and that God's name can be made famous if he goes out and brings this giant down. And so David's more focused on the opportunity that's lying in this problem than he is the problem itself. Think about things that you're dealing with right now. Just think about it for a minute. Problems, issues, big, small, medium, whatever, lightning. <laughs> and what could be an opportunity that lies in that for you? If you were able to bring that thing down on the other side of the problem, what opportunities, what new things that God could use you for or do in your life lie beyond where you are now and the, and the bringing down of that giant problem that you might be facing. The other thing is that giant problems, they tend to block our view of big dreams and big visions and big goals. It's kind of like we have these aspirations. We have these dreams. We you know, believe God's going to do something big in our life. And then a giant problem comes along it's kind of like, you know, how the eclipse works where the moon just kind of gets right over the sun and then it blocks it. It's like this giant problem just kind of gets in our face. And it's now all of a sudden we can't really see the big goals and the big dreams and the big visions that we had for our life at one time before. Because the problem it becomes intimidating. Usually giant problems, they're very uh, well decorated, very intimidating, very, you know, statuous, if you will. Think about Goliath. All of the armor it talks about that he was wearing. He had these shekels of gold. It talks about his helmet. It talks about his spear and all these things. I mean, this guy was well decorated. He was put together, man. And giant problems when they come at you from every corner and from every edge to the natural mind, they look like they're, you're not going to be able to get past them. But when you start really pressing in, 
praying and pulling on that strength that God's put in you, you can begin to recognize that God is greater than any problem that you're ever going to face. And you know what else? Giants' problems are never really just our problems alone, it seems like. I mean, they're, they're, they're affecting us mostly, and we, we're kind of involved in it ourselves as the way it's dealing with us. But most of the time, giant problems, they're affecting more people around us than just ourselves. I know I've dealt with things in my family, and, you know, I've got a brother that's, he's dealing with some really terrible stuff, man, and I don't even know how, you know, where he's at or what's going on and, and anything. And uh, it's a giant problem that he's got. And he's definitely getting beat up and, and just torn apart by this whole thing. But it's affecting our family, too. It's, it's wearing on my parents. It's, it's pulling, you know, it's just beating them down. And, it's, and this is the thing. It's like giant problems, man. They don't want to just take you out. They just, they want to get to everybody around you, too. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, I guess all I'm trying to say is when, we, when we're dealing with giant problems, recognize that even though they're affecting other people around us, when we win the victory, when we bring them down, that will positively be impacting and affecting all of those relationships and all those people around us as well. Just like the negative part of that can too. And that's why what's interesting is that so many times that problems, when I say there's opportunities in it, as we stretch and as we grow and we break through those things, things get accomplished in us and in our lives that really couldn't have been established any other way except bringing down a giant problem. Small things cause us to, small, to stretch small. Big things cause us to stretch big. If you're going to grow, you got to stretch big. you got to stretch beyond the place that you've been before. Everybody that's worked out knows that in order to get stronger, you got to keep putting more weight on the bar. You can't go in every day and keep doing the same weight. you got to add a little bit more and a little bit more. And the more you stretch yourself, the stronger you get. And over time, you look back and you think, wow, I can do twice as much as what I was able to do a year ago, but it incrementally was able to grow to that point because I was allowing myself to be stretched and pushed each and every week along the way. And giant problems, they cause us to stretch to places that many times we haven't been before. But the Bible tells us God knows exactly what we can handle. And he allows us to go through things that we are able to handle. And through that, he'll always make a way through it for us. So if we recognize that in everything we're dealing with, an issue, a problem, a challenge, big as it may be, that God already knows everything about it. He already knows how it's going to work out. And more importantly, he already knows how you're going to bring the thing down. He just needs you to walk through it with him and allow him to stretch you and grow you so that he can build you up to a place that you wouldn't have been before if you wouldn't be fighting that thing. Amen. All right. You can't negotiate with problems. You can't, you can't, you know, Goliath's like, hey, you guys come up here and you will fight. And if you beat us, you know, then we'll be your slaves. Do you really think that that was going to happen? No, they probably, you know, they, they ran, but they didn't just surrender and become their slaves after David took the giant down. You can't negotiate with problems. You can't look at the issue that you're dealing with and compromise. You can't think, all right, I'll tell you what. If I could just do this, if I could just settle for this, I'll be happy. You can't negotiate with problems. You have to kill them. 
You have to kill those giant problems. You have to bring them down. And you can't just throw a blow. You've got to cut their head off. See, David, he hit him in the head with the rock, and it brought Goliath down. But he walked up, he took the sword, and he took off his head. There's great symbolism here because when we're facing a giant problem, we can, we can maybe deal a blow to it. We can have a little one-day victory, maybe beat a battle, but still let that thing live. And I promise you, it will get up, it will get strong again, and it will come back. You've got to kill them. You've got to take them out and cut off the head. It's interesting. I was watching. You ever watch those, uh, what's it called, Deadliest Warriors? The shows where they like compare the warriors from the old days or whatever. Anyway, they had this thing with David in the sling. And the stone that uh, David used, they figured out, you know, what a normal stone in a sling would have been. And they created like a, a skull that was with the same density as a human skull and everything. And they got like a good sling thrower. And he threw this rock and it hit the skull. And in slow motion, that rock actually like busted through all of his face, knocked out all of his teeth, and the rock went all the way up into like the back of his head. That's a pretty serious deal. But you know, David, he didn't take any chances, man. He picked up that sword and he cut off that giant's head because he knew if he didn't do that, if he walked away, there was a possibility that that giant would get up again one day. And when we're fighting our battles, when we're facing giant issues in our lives, we've got to make sure. You say, well, how does that look? What do you, I don't know. That's why, that's why you've got to you know, know where you're at with God. You've got to let him lead you. But you've got to make sure that when you deal with that thing, you don't just walk away after dealing a blow because it's easier or it's convenient. Finish the thing out. See it through. And take the head off of whatever that is so it never comes back to fight you again. Giant problems are hard for us, but not for God. He is bigger than them all. You know, the other thing, too, as we, as we start to really face these giant problems, say, okay, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with these things. I'm not going to just let them kick me around. I'm not going to let them keep me from moving forward. You're going to face criticism from naysayers. It's just how it is. Look, David, when he came up, he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he defies the armies of the living God and do you know I mean you think that's boldness all right we got a leader here you know how the people around him responded his brothers well you arrogant little punk will you get out of here and go back to the go back to the farm go back and take care of the sheep can't believe your arrogance and David's like what is there not a just cause is there not a reason for me to be this way and see, I'm convinced that all the naysayers that are there, they need a, they need a giant killer. But they're, they're, if they're faced with somebody that's going to go kill the giant, all that's really going to do is bring them face to face with the fact that they're not willing to do it themselves. And a lot of times, if we're going to just really dig in and we're going to do battle at the things that come at us in our lives, the problems and the challenges we face, there are a lot of other people that are laying down and letting those things have their way with them. And as you begin to fight and work your way towards victory, it's, you're going to get criticism. You're going to have naysayers that inadvertently, it's not that they have bad intentions, but they don't want to see you prevail because all that does is justify and validate that they could too. 
that they could bring their giants down as well. And most of the time, it's that comfort and that place of mediocrity of just being held back and at bay and not really moving forward into greater things that people tend to gravitate towards around. And you know what else about giant killers is that they always stay humble. They always stay humble. I love this about David. After he won the battle, he brought Goliath down. Saul comes up and he says, who, who are you? Whose son are you? And David says, I'm just a son of Jesse, your servant. I don't know if that hits you like it hits me, but to me that's very powerful. He just killed the giant that not a single man would even fight in the entire nation. The king himself was scared to death. But David, in faith, brought him down. And here he is at this moment. He's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm just the son of your servant. I'm just a, I'm just a shepherd boy. right? He doesn't get this big head, this inflated ego, because he recognizes that God's really the one that had the victory, not him. And if we're going to beat giants and pull them down and move forward to bring other giants down we've got to maintain that same type of humble heart bringing down a giant is a huge thing it's a big deal but we've got to recognize that it's always God that gets the glory it's always God that gets the credit and if if God is going to get glory and have his name be made famous because we have to face some giants in our life when he already gives us and empowers us to have the victory, then why would he not do that? It's okay, to, it's okay for me. I'm okay with it. It's not going to make it easy, but I understand. This is about God. This is about his plan. This is about his purpose for my life. This is about him getting the glory. And if I've got to face some giants along the way to my destiny, so be it. Because I know that God's given me the tools and the resources and the abilities in Christ the Holy Spirit in me to overcome every one of those victories and beat every one of those giants that I'm ever going to face, right? The bigger they are, the harder they, come on. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. Just ask David. Just ask Jack. You know, the beanstalk thing. <laughs> the bigger they are, the harder they fall. You know what else David did? is he, he, he was his own man. You know, Saul tried to give him his armor. He tried to say, here, wear this. This will protect you. Use my sword. Use my helmet. Use my armor. And David's like, dude, this isn't me, man. It's not fitting. I haven't practiced with this armor. You know, I haven't sparred a little bit lately with this stuff on. I think I'm just going to deal with my sling, you know. He was comfortable in his own skin. You and I, we all have different gifts, talents, and abilities. And we're all going to face and, and tackle our problems a little bit differently. It's just the way it is. It's great. That's good. But David wasn't pressured or intimidated into feeling like he had to go at something in a way that wasn't him. He knew where his strengths were. He believed in God, but he recognized what God had used him for. He had battled bear. He had battled lion. He had done, he had killed things before, but in a way that was unique to him and his size and his abilities. And he walked in that lane. You know, he stayed in that zone as he fought his giants and did battle. And so I would say to you, look, you're beautiful, you're awesome, and you are uniquely made as you are where you stand. 
And God has equipped you with tools and resources and gifts that he wants to display. He wants to show them off. Not for you, for him. And as we encounter problems and challenges in our lives, if we'll allow God to lead us and we'll tap into the things that he's given us and our abilities and our unique gifts, then we can come at them in a way that will be unique to us and will allow us to have a victory that God will get the credit for. And, and the last thing, too, is I love this. After David did this, after he killed this giant, he was not judgmental of others for not doing it first. You know, a lot of times we overcome things in our lives and then it can, there can be a tendency to kind of be judgmental or critical of other people that maybe aren't dealing with or tackling their problems in their life themselves. We can't ever get that type of attitude or that type of perspective. David, he took the giant down. All those other guys were cowards. They were scared to death. David wasn't giving them a, a lecture. He wasn't ramming them in the face with, why wouldn't you did this? Why did this last 40 days? Why did this go on this long? I can't believe you guys did. I'm twice half your size. I don't understand. He just celebrated the victory that God won that day. And they moved forward from there. He empowered his fellow man with his victory. He, he saw that as an opportunity to move forward. And, and David went on, get this, I don't know if you know this, he went on to train other giant killers. Did you know out of all of David's men, go read that in the book of First and Second Kings where you find where David, his mighty men, they went on to kill multiple giants, multiple other giants that they did battle with and brought down. But David's victory was that turning point. It was that shifting point, right? And our victories, our problems in our life, as big as they may be for us, there is something even greater ahead than just that victory for us right now as we see it. There's people in, in our life that we'll encounter, that we'll run into down the road, that our victories that we've won are going to be able to instill more faith, more confidence, and more hope that other people can get through things the same way. I see this all the time. You know one of the greatest things when people are dealing with issues and you know, they're always like, well, what kind of counselor should I go to, Pastor? Like, who should I see about this? Or do you have anybody to recommend? And I've just, I've seen a lot of situations that failed with through counseling. I've seen some that work. And here's what I always tell people. Like, hands down, what my best advice is is if you're gonna go get professional counseling, and I don't, I, I mean, I think that's a good thing. You've got to try to find someone who has been through and beat what you're going through. And if you can't find that, at least find someone that has a track record of helping multiple people who've gone through and beat what you're going through. It's so important as we bring down our giants that we recognize that God has put something in us. That victory that he established is now kind of a, a tool. It's something that he'll be able to use to help other people bring giants down in their life. That we are exactly the piece to the puzzle that God wants to use at the right time and in the right season whenever it comes along. I love that. Problems, you know... They, they're usually there before we even recognize it, aren't they? I mean, it's kind of like we start to see the symptoms first, but then the problem really starts to show itself out as time goes on. 
Think about it. Have you ever had uh, your car break down or maybe the washer and dryer go out, right? I mean, all of a sudden when it happens, you're like, oh my gosh, this just happened. But in reality, that's not really how it took place. It's probably days or weeks of that thing running and just gradually getting worse and worse and worse. And then eventually it breaks down. With, with problems that happen, when they come into our life, at least we have the, you can't deal with a problem you don't know you have, right? So at least whenever we recognize it, we have the ability to fight it and to deal with it. So when you see something that reveals itself and it's like, oh, I've got to deal with this, I've got to fight this. Look, get excited. Now you can go and you can do battle and you can bring that thing down and you don't have to allow it to continue to uh, develop more and more and more behind the scenes. I'm going to have the team go ahead and come up right now. Let me ask you this. What giants have you brought down in your life already? What battles have you fought, major things that you've dealt with, that you've already conquered? I'm sure there's plenty of them. And that's a huge thing. Because that should tell you that you, with God, have the ability to overcome anything that comes your way. You know, I think back to my life. I mean, finding the, the woman of my dreams, the woman that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, that's a huge thing. Done. I got that. We had major problems having kids in the beginning of our marriage when we first tried to have kids. We really brought that one down. <laughs> really, really brought that one down. You know? I had to get off of drugs. God got me out of that whole scene of drugs and alcohol and serious, crazy stuff, man. You can't even imagine. Done. But I'm still going to face new giants. I'm still going to be facing new things that are ahead. It's okay. It's okay. You know why it's okay? Because of John 16, that's why it's okay. In the Amplified Bible, it says... In the world, you will have tribulation and trial and distress and frustration. But, but, be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Amen. Amen. Okay, God, I'm ready. The world is looking for giant killers. In fact, they're starving for them. Everywhere you look in our society today, people are buckling under pressure. People are caving. Mediocrity is just becoming more and more of a, of a wave that's sweeping across. Just fit into the culture, everybody. Settle right on into what we say is the norm. Giant killers become fewer and fewer and fewer as that type of thinking grows. We are not meant to be mediocre. We are meant to, to kill giants as they come in our life and bring them down and show the world that God still sits on his throne. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Greater is him that is in me than he that is in the world. Nothing formed against me shall prosper. There's so much truth in the word 
about the battles that we'll face and the victory that we already have. It's, it's in the word. It's there. It promises. It's truth. If we grab hold of it and we let it build us up, it'll strengthen us and get us ready to go fight any battle that we might face, any problem that might come our way. Young people, let me say this to you. Don't you settle for mediocrity. Don't you allow the world to tell you who you are. Don't you allow culture to set your standard. You find God for yourself. He's real. And he's awesome. And when you got him, you got everything. Let's stand to our feet today.